you are listening to Grit and Grace, where we encourage, uplift, and talk about the traumas and adversities that we and our guests have survived and how we overcame them. Today on the show, we are going to talk to Laura. Laura has been married for four years. She has twins, which are 11, and she is Mm -hmm. blessed to have a boy and a girl. Yes. And she is going to share her strength and hope how she deals with severe chronic pain. Okay, now it's you. Perfect. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I guess I should start. When I was 14, the summer, it was the summer between eighth grade and freshman year, I started having a lot of problems with my period. It was extremely irregular. I was bleeding a lot, like months at a time. Going into freshman year, that continued. I had a surgery called a DNC where they basically go into your uterus, they clean out your lining, and then you start fresh. And that was supposed to help. Basically, what that did was I then started having really severe pain as well. So now I'm bleeding all the time. I mean, I wore a pad tampon to school every day. I would bleed through that onto the chair at school. I would be, I was a cheerleader. I loved cheerleading a couple of times. Like one time we had cheerleading pictures and a vivid memory that I have is I remember like doing like a kick or I was doing something in my pictures. And my friend was like, Laura, like I had just blood. I mean, so embarrassing. So traumatizing. That was right before. Yeah. My, my freshman going into my freshman year. So I was just having all of this, these problems, so much pain. Doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. My mom, I should also mention, she had a lot of female problems. So she really took care of me. Like she really made sure that we went to different doctors that we, you know, pushed and she pushed and pushed. And finally they did a laparoscopy where basically what they do is they go in through your belly button and they make a couple other incisions. They use a scope and they can kind of blow your belly up a little bit and then they can see around. And that's when I was diagnosed with endometriosis. So I was 14 at the time. I don't remember my first surgery. I've had 16 surgeries total. So I think a lot of the early stuff is really hard for me to remember because a lot of things that I've learned in the process of healing from all of this chronic pain is your mind protects your body. Some of those early ones are just really traumatizing. I think they're really hard and painful. So I was having surgeries. I mean, at that point I had one in April. I was having about two surgeries a year. Um, My doctors put me on different birth controls and we quickly learned that didn't help. I was consistently bleeding just constantly this whole time. Like I would have my surgery. I would be okay. Um, maybe a month later I would just start bleeding, you know, really, really heavy again. And that was pretty much the pattern. I mean, we tried different medications. You're just trying to do whatever you can to make your child's pain dissipate, right? You're just like, what is happening? How can I help going to the doctors, listening to the doctors, even to this day, there's not a ton known about endometriosis. There's quite a few people who are trying to change that. But back that many years ago, you know, I'm 34. I was 14, 15 at the time. There was just not a lot of knowledge. I remember in high school, I was in menopause twice, two different times. One, it's for a medication called Depo-Lupron. 
And that basically puts your whole body into menopause and it's supposed to suppress everything. So your body can't produce estrogen, which flares your endometriosis. There was just a lot of times. I mean, I remember I was on this really experimental medicine called Danazol and I lost a good, this much hair off the front. So I would gain weight from them or I would lose a bunch of weight. So it was always kind of in high school. I remember my senior year, people were, you know, thinking I was have an eating disorder when in reality, I didn't even notice it because there was just so much going on and it was just my medicine had made me lose so much weight. I had so many surgeries throughout, you know, high school into college. It was really hard being a teenager and also having all of these problems because you're in literal horrific pain all the time. And depending on when you had a surgery, it would clear it up for a little bit but then it would come back. So it just got to be like really, really discouraging. And, you know, everybody had boyfriends and they were doing things all the time. My parents were literally trying to get me to go out here, take some money, go to the movies, go do this. And I was like, you know, I was so depressed. Yeah. That's a lot Um, for someone so young too. Going into college, I got put on a medication called Depolupron. Again, this is the first time I've ever said this publicly on something like this. It's a very dangerous medication. If you don't have, it literally takes all your hormones out. So your mind, you know, I'm 18 at the time. I'm taking this really, really, really strong drug. And it just made me a little crazy. I started cutting myself, which is the most horrific thing. Now thinking back how, how sick I was, you know, I didn't realize when you're in constant like fight or flight all the time, your, your pain is just constant. I didn't realize how sick I was until a friend actually found out and helped me, like called me out. And I got help from my doctor, but I remember just going to him and just being like, I don't know what to do. Like I, this isn't me. Like I literally just thought this in my head that this would help even out my pain. Like, you know, it's just, it's so messed up, but realizing still to this day, how many people go on that medication and it just makes them lose their mind. It's, it's, it's not, it's not good, but I finally got help. I got put it on a different medication. Of course, my pain is still horrific. And between this time I've seen like, oh my gosh, probably 10 other doctors. Nobody knows what's wrong. It's all endometriosis. Oh, you have something wrong with this too. Oh, you must have this. You must have this. I mean, doctors were just diagnosing me with all these things. And I'm like, I don't even have where, I don't know. It, it's just really hard, I guess, to process. Fast forward to, so I got through college. I got put on some antidepressants, um, which helped. Tr- I'm still on them to this day because yay, mental health. I was working full-time in Sioux Falls. I was having just, I had a surgery on New Year's Eve and it went like really, really, really bad. I always knew I kind of had this talk with God where I was like, I need to know, like, how do you know when you're ready to have a hysterectomy? Because at that point, a hysterectomy was like what cured endometriosis. You know, I was having all these surgeries. This one that I had that went wrong. My endometriosis was so entangled in my organs. My doctor accidentally slit um, my intestine open. (gasps) And it was like really, 
really bad. I had like a bunch more incision. I had a sore like this big that went down a couple days later. So I had to stay in the hospital extra long. A couple days later, when we got home, my incision started leaking. We had to drive back in a blizzard to Sioux Falls and they had to cut. It was just, it was, it was really traumatic. I had to be like in the wound care unit where they have to let it heal from the inside out. So basically you stuff your incision, which is like, you know, four inches deep every day um, and wrap it. It, it, I kind of had this talk with God where I was just like, what? I know now, like, this is my limit. I cannot anymore. I cannot do any more surgeries. I'm done. Yes, I want to be a mom really bad more than anything. But I'm in trouble with my work right now because I have been missing so much work for all these surgeries. Now this surgery turns into extra long. I have so much more recovery time now, you know, I'm in trouble at with work just because of these surgeries and stuff. And it's like, I am so sorry. Like, what the hell do you want me to do? I'm really trying over here, you know, but I so get it from a business standpoint. So get it. It's new. I was like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. A couple months later, because it took about four months before I started feeling better. I mean, like, this incision was, it was so bad. I started feeling better and I started going for walks around my neighborhood. This is where I love God and he's so great. So we're going to talk about him for a hot minute. I started getting this really weird impression in me that I should be a mom. Being a mom was something I wanted more than anything, like anything in the world. Being a mother was something that was really important to me. But at that point in my life, I was willing just to give it up because I was like, I can't, I can't. I can't keep doing this. Not just like, you know, on my body, but like work, socially, sex really hurts. How would I even, you know, you know, do that? So I started going for these walks and I started just getting that weird impression that I should be a mom. And it's like one of those things that hits you and you're like, what? What? Where'd that come from? Like, how is that going to work? I started just getting that more and more. I'm going to be a mom. I told my mom, I don't know, mom, but... I think I'm supposed to be a mom, you know, (laughs) 22 and single holla. He went and talked to my doctor and I was like, listen, this is it. I don't know what my options are, but I want to talk about all my options. Hysterectomy, babies, because my doctor also specialized in um, infertility and especially endometriosis. We just went through everything. He's like, listen, there's IUI, there's IVF. And then we had, you know, a a hysterectomy. I just felt this weird calmness and confidence. But at that time in my life, I didn't have a lot of confidence. That wasn't my thing, but I was like, what is this? Like, what's this feeling in here? I had cried for two weeks because I just didn't know what to do. And I woke up one morning and the very first thing that I heard was, this is my plan for you. Craziest experience ever, but I knew clear as day. Okay. I'm going to be a mom. How I'm going to be a mom. I have no idea, but I'm going to be a mom. So then you, you got a donor. Yeah, I did. I did IUI with donor sperm. I know a lot about their donor. I don't know what he looks like, but I have whole medical history, his family's medical history, psychiatric reports. Like, I mean, they really, really deep dig on those. It's not just anybody can go, you know, in a cup and then you just, yeah, no. So I wanted to make sure that this is what I was going to do. So me and my friend, we had a wine party and we sat and we looked at donors and watched Bachelor. That's just what my 20 year old self did. 
it all worked out how it was being paid for. I got it 75% paid for, which is unheard of from my insurance. And um, yeah, I got two. It was a shock. It was a big shock, but just wonderful. So I moved, yeah, I moved back home to Yankton to live with my parents. They had just gotten rid of my brother, not like rid of him, but he just went to college. They're like, great, awesome. We're almost 50. What we're going to do is have this open house, you know, no kids. It's going to be great. And here I am like, Hey guys, I've got newborn twins over here. (laughs) One poops a lot and one pukes like the exorcist. We're coming back. (laughs) So they, they were great. I mean, my mom woke up with me every single feeding at night. They ate every two hours. It was crazy. My parents helped me raise them all the way up until, um, they were five, but when they were four, I had still been having a lot of, a lot of health problems this, this whole time I was hoping I was thinking, okay, God gave me two. That must mean the extra hormones. Maybe if I get any, that's going to like suppress my endometriosis for a while. I felt wonderful when I was pregnant, but seven months after they were born, I got my period. It all started all over and it was really bad. I went to um, a pain clinic at Stanford. I got on a really good um, medication as well that helps with my other symptoms. Um, I went to a doctor where I was diagnosed with something called interstitial cystitis, which is extremely, extremely painful. It's a disease of the bladder. I had surgeries to this doctor of different things that he said would work, didn't work. But then I had this other um, horrific disease, this, this I see now with my endometriosis. So if I wasn't peeing fire or unable to pee at all, you know, extreme pain from my endometriosis, trying to be a good mom. I love being a mom. When they were four, I was like, I can't. When they were nine months old, I had gone to my doctor and I said, this is my OB. And I said, okay, I do now want to have a hysterectomy because I want to be able to raise them without all of these health problems. I want to be able to be there a hundred percent for these kids. And she was like, Laura, I know that you're going to meet a really nice man really soon. And he's going to want to have kids with you. So basically she's telling me, no, Laura, you cannot have a hysterectomy. You have to wait until your Prince Charming comes. And that's just not who I am. But I was like, okay, sounds great. I'll wait. What point did did the pain stop then? Are you still dealing with it? Or how did you find a solution to when I, yeah, when I, they were four. I ended up having a hysterectomy, which helped a million percent for my endometriosis. I also had what's called adenomyosis, which is inside of your uterus too. So I think that was a big, big part of my pain was the inside of it. So once I had that done, I felt like a new person. I was so happy. I felt so good. Good. Like, yep. Three months later, um, I started getting back pain and some other really weird pain. Then I got diagnosed with fibromyalgia after having back surgery. And they're like, uh, yeah, just fibromyalgia. And so I had just gotten rid of one thing just to substitute it again with another. And this time I met Brandon four months after I had my hysterectomy. 
So how did you finally, you know, overcome this pain and, and, and what, what is it for you that makes you feel better mentally and physically now? Yeah. So leading up to this, I had really started noticing that anxiety kind of played a role in my physical health. I got rid of Facebook, which was unheard of at the time. Um, I got rid of that. And I just started really focusing on myself and trying to make myself a better person. I went to so many doctors. Really what it was, was I was listening to this podcast on chronic pain and they talked about her name is Nicole Sack. And I was like, I've got to look this up. They're saying that she helps, you know, this chronic pain, you know, and at that time I had had 16 surgeries and I was like, I've got to do something. All these doctors, nobody knows what to do with me. I can't be on all these drugs, you know, these prescriptions, the rest of my life. I am making my life better. I am going to figure it out. I am going to make my life better. And I'm going to figure out how I'm going to do it because this is unacceptable. I'm not living my life like this. And there were really dark days leading up, like really dark days where, you know, if I hadn't had my kids, I wouldn't probably be here. I mean, because you're just, you're trapped in this body that is just physically in so much pain. I had to cut all my hair off because like my hair hurt. Why am I getting limited more and more? Like, is my disease getting worse? I found out the more research I did on Nicole Sachs is she used to have a really bad um, chronic disorder as well, which had really bad chronic pain. She does more of like a mind body approach. Your body stores trauma. When we go through traumatic things, a lot of times we just like push that down, you know, especially when you're younger, you push it down. All of the different things that I had been through didn't realize they were traumatic. Mm -hmm. Up until this last year, I literally thought I had a normal life. I know that sounds kind of weird, like medically, but I was convinced I was happy. I'm happy, happy. I'm like so happy to be here. You know, I love life. This is great. Good. At the time, it was like, Laura, how could you really love life? Like you're a freaking mess. You know, you've got so much going on. And and that's just what made me realize and like dig deep. And when you don't talk about your trauma that happens to you, your body starts screaming. Like you hold it in and you hold it in. And in order for you to not think about it, your body literally creates pain in your body, whether that be a headache, whether that be your back, whether that be anything, your body will physically create trauma to prevent you from thinking about those really painful memories. It's, it's, it's so true. When I, I couldn't even wear a seatbelt because it was too painful on my body, like a seatbelt. Like, I couldn't even wear. It's like a yeah. defense mechanism. It yeah. is. Total defense mechanism. Wow. And what I had to do was going back to those really traumatic places, journaling. I journal a lot. That's what is like with her program. I mean, everything of hers is free. It's not like it's this person where you have to go and you have to buy all this mm. stuff to be in the program. She just wants to help. And that's yeah. how I knew it was genuine. So when I started listening to her podcast and stuff, I was like, these are my people. Like I found my people. I had no idea other people thought like this that are in constant pain. And it was a total game changer. I mean, after I listened to a half hour for episode, 
I drove to pick the kids up from school and I put my seatbelt on. And instead of saying like, Oh my gosh, that hurts. I was like, the seatbelt is hugging me. You know, I just changed a word, you know? (laughs) And so it totally changes it in your head. There's lots of things that I don't remember, but I'm getting my memory back by going back to those really painful places. I set boundaries for myself and for other people. I was kind of taking care of people in different friendships, all of their problems. It helped me to not think about my own, you know, medically. I mean, I have a wonderful, I'm so happy. I found my soulmate with Brandon and my children. Those were starting to affect, you know, what I could give anymore and started taking care and putting myself first and figuring out my real true self, getting to know her. And I love her. Like she can say for sure. Yeah, I I do. I like her. Uh Uh-huh. That's, that's amazing. And I, I love how, I mean, it, t- it took a podcast for you to get to the root and to the core of what was causing a lot of that pain. I mean, undoubtedly yes. you've been through more physically than anyone that I know yeah. for such a long duration of time. But I think it's so beautiful that you're working on your inner self and your mentality and, and understanding that. Oh, you have to. That's what, you know, I think is so important for people is, you know, people are putting so much energy and posting, you know, different things to Instagram or about these people that they are. And it's like, but honey, I know you, that's not who you are. Like, let's try working on that, like being that person. It's like know, wishful like, thinking, you right? know, Right. like let's, let's put our energy towards being that person, being better, helping other people. I mean, just becoming in tune with like who you are as a person, because even how you talk to yourself, you know, mm-hmm. I talk to myself now, how I would a good friend, you know, I wouldn't tell her, holy shit, what are you wearing? Like, what is your hair doing? You know, oh, right. you're a mess. Like, oh, do not look in the mirror. You know, I would never do right. that. We just have to be so much um, more kind and compassionate to ourselves and just be so much more aware. I love it. Oh my gosh, what a cool journey. I mean, not not all of it, obviously. I'm, I'm so sorry no, you ever had to suffer, been. but how beautiful is your mindset and how much have you overcome? And I, I just love it. Like you, yeah. I can see you're radiating, like you're in such a great place. And I'm so no, happy I, to yeah. you. Thank you so much. It's been, you know, it. hard to get here, but you know, especially my husband, who's literally stood by my side. He's been there every surgery. He's been there every hospitalization, every ER visit in the middle of the night. I mean, he, you know, I waited until I found my, you know, I didn't settle and I waited for him. And now we have a really beautiful family together, which I knew would come, you know, but I'm like, okay, God, you sent me twins. Listen, it's not my game plan to like do this by myself my whole life but I will, if I can't find somebody. Yeah. And so now just creating this life together. And I mean, he's so much like myself in that we work on ourselves and just Just living the life life out here on this farm. (laughs) We decided, so we can't have kids together. So we started a mini farm, which if you knew me before I got married, you would be like, Laura's marrying a what a farmer. 
but we live on this farm. We have all of these mini cows that are like our children. We have goats, we have mini donkeys and we, it, it just makes us so happy. I love, I love animals living out here in the middle of nowhere. I yeah. love the, I mean, our listeners obviously can't see you because it's a podcast, mm-hmm. but like yeah. your comp, I didn't know you prior, but mm-hmm. um, your confidence radiates from you when you tell your story. And I think that says, that says a lot about you, especially when oh, you. You, know, you're, you, you don't just, you don't just talk about it. You're actually like walking the walk. Um, and I find yeah. that to be very important, the authenticity that you have. So I appreciate you taking time and sharing uh, your strength and hope with us today. That was Laura uh, sharing with us her almost lifelong battle with endometriosis and and physical pain and how she overcame it. Do you want to leave us with the name of that gal again that helped so much? Yes. Her name is Nicole Sack. S-A-C-H-S. She is on Instagram. Um, She has YouTube channels. Thank you so much for coming in. And thank you everyone for listening. Boom. (laughs) Thank you.